Welcome to College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast focused on NCAA collegiate soccer, featuring SMU head women's coach Chris Petroselli and Old Miss head women's coach Mad Mod. You can download and listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And if you like what you hear, leave a five-star review and tell your soccer friends. Now let's go to Coach Petroselli and Coach Mod. What's good, College Soccer Nation? This is the Rico and Madi show. Uh, coming to you live on College Soccer Nation. This is our season recap and holiday show. I am here with Chris Petroselli. Brian Lee will join us soon. We are thrilled to have gotten to this point in the season uh, to recap our second season, uh, obviously halfway through because we will have a spring edition as well. But in 2021, this is our last episode. This is episode 53, episode 20 of season two. That's a mouthful, Chris. Ooh. Are you happy just because the season's over? Is that kind of <laughs> what I heard you say? <laughs> uh, the dead period is upon us. Yeah, I'm home. I got to sit out back by the fireplace last oh, night for a while, pondering nice. the world. But nice. looking forward to this episode because I think yeah. we've got a good one on yeah. tap. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How about the success of the show is some um, shocking is that the right way to put it would you like, uh would you would you consider me involved in that success chris yes well this may be nice involved you... as well i, I would, would consider darren involved as well yeah i would too I, I i just saying this is maybe the first time you've ever said anything about successful and i was involved so i'm pretty <laughs> well, excited about that. there's a first time for everything Matt. <laughs> there is <laughs> yeah great what what share some numbers with with our audience all right the 53rd episode, so take that, yeah. Brian Lee, who never thought we'd get there. Right? Never thought we'd get past five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Downloaded over 17,000 times. That's, That's a awesome. lot of times, Matt. That, Think about most NBA arenas, hockey mm-hmm. arenas, indoor arenas, hold less than 17,000. Right. So next time you're in one of those and you look around, you think more <laughs> than this amount of people have downloaded our show. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. We haven't hit, quite hit a football stadium. No, we've, we've hit not. we've hit we hit basketball arenas. <sighs> thirty-four okay. countries. Thirty-four countries. Really? Yes, thirty-four countries. <laughs> what do you think the people in these these countries are thinking when they tune it on and they hear us two knucklehead stop? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Like they go, well, first of all, they don't understand because it's in English, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 34 different countries, 47 states, although we're missing Alaska, Vermont, and Wyoming. Not sure what's wrong with those people. Vermont? I would have thought we had Vermont. Yeah, I, I yeah. would have thought so too, but there's they have internet reason, up there. Yeah, for some reason they're not they're not <laughs> they're not downloading. Um, let's talk about the top five episodes. Okay. Top five downloaded. Top five downloaded. Episodes. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea what they are. Wouldn't no have idea. A clue. All right. I'll, I'll give them to you. Okay. Number five, season one, episode 27 with Anson Dorrance. Well, there's a shock. You would have thought he would have been in the top five, right? Yeah. He clearly, and he still didn't know who my name is, but it was a good yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> season two, episode nine with Becky Burley. Oh yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Good one. So that's number four. That's number four. Okay. Number three, season yeah. two, episode six with Karen Ferguson. Very good episode. That was uh-huh. fun episode. She yeah. was, she Cardinal was right. Nation came out for sure. Yeah. 
number two, season two, episode two with Colby Hill. Oh, yeah. yeah. He rallied the troops. He did. He did a good job of promoting. Yeah. That's what you need to do. You already hit the hit the numbers. You got you to do that. Yeah. No yeah. question. Yeah. Okay. Now, this one, I'm not feeling like he rallied the troops on this one. It's just, it's just who he is. Season two, episode one, Mark Gregorian. I don't oh, think he was out shot. there on Twitter promoting college soccer nation. <laughs> you? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. But it probably goes to something about his uh, people want to hear what he has to say. Yeah. And his success. And, you know, um, I noticed that, that that episode has been downloaded a bunch since they've won. Mm. You know, people have mm. gone back to listen to what he had to yeah. say, you know, before the season starts. See if so, you got it right. Yeah. yeah. So why do well, you think good. the show is so successful? What are your thoughts on that? I don't, you know, my honest to God opinion. And, and again, Chris didn't tell me he was going to ask me this question. So this is off the cuff, right? I, my answer is there's not enough publicity in our sport. And I think coaches, just like in every other sport, are interested in what people have to say about their sport and how they're doing. And I think we do a pretty good job, not a great job, but we do a pretty good job of trying to be, um, all encompassing and, and, you know, but we, we obviously are women's soccer. I guarantee you the majority of our downloads are women's soccer coaches or, yeah. or fans or, or recruits or whatever. Right. Um, but I do think we do a, good, a pretty good job of trying to bring in different guests in different areas and hit a lot of different teams. And so the variety of us amongst all the different um, levels of division one, yeah. probably a, a part of it. What do you think? Well, I, I, I wrote it this way. We do what no one else does. You mm -hmm. can't go to Sports Center for college soccer news. You can't find it anywhere, right? No. So we're providing and talking about a subject that, yes, it's a, it's a niche subject. And there's, you know, there's a, um, not a huge market of, of people that are involved in the game. But they can't go anywhere to, to read about the game or, or hear about the games or hear about the tournament or, you know, get insight from coaches and things like that. And we provide that service that just no one else is doing it. Yeah, fair. I think oh, yeah. I think we I think and if you look at the three of us, you know, yourself, myself and, and obviously Brian is, you know, we're hitting a pretty big area of popular sports uh, that, that, that sorry, popular colleges. In sports, big conferences, big numbers of people that are sports fans, and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, we, and, and let's keep it real. Like, we appreciate it. It's fun. We appreciate people listening to us and what we really enjoy doing. If there was 50 people listening, we wouldn't do it. But because we get some really big numbers, we continue to do it because we do enjoy it. And there is a little bit of a service to it. There's no question about it. Well, it's funny that you say that, Matt, because I do it for the love of doing it. So if there was one person doing it, I would do it. I'm sure Brian would do it, but you need the big numbers in order to do it, is what you're saying, right? That is you need a the thousand masses. percent. Yeah, no. I, you know, it's Friday night. It's, sorry, it's not Friday. It's Monday night at 5.16, and I'm sitting in my office recording a podcast. How many other how many other SEC coaches of the other 13 oh, are sitting me, in their office? So big time. No, no, my, so my, my point, I mean, just, SEC coaches. <laughs> just saying, sorry. How many other college soccer coaches are sitting in their office at five sixteen on December 20th recording a podcast? Are you? Well, that's why, again, that's home. why, that's why we're so successful because <laughs> we no can. one else is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Is that it? 
Yeah, let's bring Brian in. All right. Hey, I believe Brian Lee is with us. Coach Lee, the big deal. Welcome to the episode 53, episode 20 of season two, (laughs) that you have helped make this brand huge college soccer nation. Hello, Brian. Hello, guys. I enjoyed that conversation. And here's what I've learned over the last, not just tonight, last, last few weeks. Things, Matt, things are going great. This podcast. Yeah. Co-host. Yeah. The NCAA committee selections. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Ole Miss soccer. Yeah. 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 Those three things, they're just fantastically produced. Yeah. And, uh, it's a good point. It's it's quite. I mean, you know, and that's what I like about you, Brian. Is you are spot. You see this so well, so spot on with all of your thoughts. It really, it's impressive. Oh man! Yeah, but I would do this. This is why I like going to dinner with you guys. This is no different than dinner, really. Well, this is that's why yeah. we're supposed to be, right? I mean, that's how uh, we, we sort of. Found it'd be it. nice if you we provided some. We had a sponsor that would provide us some food. <laughs> get eat eat during it. I'm hungry as hell. I'm waiting to get. I just called my text my family going to the wing spot after after this uh, podcast to get dinner. I'd like some nice wings while I'm doing this. That'd be fine. I'm sure you would, Matt. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you would. All right, what are we doing? What do we do? We got any? We got anything, Brian, from United Soccer Coaches? What's going on? No, same thing as every week. The uh, planned <laughs> extended season. That's all we're really working on right now. If we could get that, that'd be fantastic. All the college soccer players who may be downloading among the 17,000 or the college soccer parents who are uh, their kid has a torn ACL, they'd be super excited about this legislation where we're trying to spread out the games. So, and it, and it really goes what? We're trying to go earlier on the front end and late on the back end or only on the back end? Both. I mean, basically, we're trying to set August 1st as a, you know, every year date and then add two to three weeks to the back end of the season where the NCAA tournament starts post Thanksgiving. And then the, the finals kind of work off of that. So, and this is totally different, obviously from the, uh, the men's plan. Yeah. And, you know, teach their own. If the men's plan goes through, we'll kind of reevaluate, but I don't think that's a proper, the split season after COVID the split season is not going to get support on campus. Is it? As far as you guys know, I mean, things. Yeah, were- I think it'd be hard. Chris, so, you were a pro- you were a proponent of the split season. Now yeah. that you've kind of done it, are you still a proponent, or do you, are do you, are you against it now? Um, I wouldn't say I'm against it because, in theory, I think it makes a lot of sense. Where um, where is the development piece in the split season? Well, it's one game a week, first of all. So there's a lot of development going on, right? I mean, there's a lot of, you got a whole week of training going on. You don't though, really. You No, you don't. You have a day off in there. You have a day off in there. You, you have what the, you do, whether there's a split season or not. Uh, let me finish, please. Okay. You have a day, you have a day off. Okay. What you do, you whether have, there's a split season. I understand that. In you fact, keep in the saying that. Season, I understand that. two days off. Hold on. I haven't finished. Go ahead. Go ahead. Day off. Okay. And now you have the day before the game. Yeah. Where nobody's really training that hard, so you're not you developing much. And you have the game. So those three game. days, those are three days, those are three days that you, you really don't have another day before the game. Not as much development as you would have in a week of spring soccer, where you can develop, you can work with them all week. Besides the day off, 
No, you can't work. You know, you have to have two days off. In, in the now, if you have a game, not during the 20 hours. Well, if you have a game, it's the same week that you just described. Working into it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, I just think you can take the split season and shove it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, going through, I, I'm, going through I'm COVID, not... going through COVID where we, some of us played a whole season in the spring. Not all of us excuse did, me. but some of us did. I know, excuse me. And then ahead, some of us played right into the fall. Rub it in. Go ahead. But, but seriously, though, in all seriousness, though, it was awful for the players. I never got awful. to answer. I never got to answer your question. You, you said, said yes. Where do you stand on it? I said half a sentence, and then you jumped down my throat. That's how this went. Okay, but what's the question? <laughs> Are you a proponent? Why would you be after going through it? Why in the world can anybody? I would love someone to explain to me that actually goes through it that that was the right thing to do. I in could not theory, disagree more. In theory, it is the right thing to do because it takes the games and spreads it over a long, longer period of time, which gives you more training time, more rest time, all of those things. Right. So, in theory, I'm saying, in reality, the issues become really weather. You know, weather be, became an issue for everybody. So I don't know that it can work. I'm not convinced that it can work, but I do like the concept. What about the mental part for the oh, players where every oh, game's important? What? That's what? not, le not legit. That's not legitimate. Yeah. So, so the yes, mental is, strain okay. that, okay, we got to yes. win all these games in the fall. Now we got to turn around and go win all these games in the spring. You don't, have to win them all. you don't have to win all these games in the fall because you got half as many. You got to win all of them. Well, you got to win all of them, whether in the yeah. spring or the fall, but they're spread out. But at least you have a break during your school you year where you have you're not, a break. You don't. You do. You don't. You've got December and January as a break. Oh, well, oh wow. And, that's and really actually, nice. Got November well, too December the, and January. The, that's a lot of The concept of break. that they have, they have November as well. They don't play, just, they're really not playing games till March. You know what, Chris? There's a lot of things in life I'm I'm opposed to. This is right up there near the top of the list. Okay, the 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 piece that's missing is <clears throat> it's I I think it's a great model for the players. I do once they got used to it and if we could get the periodization right with the winter and the summer. However, it's not realistic that 90% of the college is fiscally. Yeah. If we what I got out of COVID was look at the turnover in strength and conditioning and academic departments and training rooms. The turnover was huge. Those people were just overworked. And you're talking doubling the size, the number of trainers on campuses, because a lot of us split soccer with another sport. Mm -hmm. The cost effectiveness of it is, is not really realistic to me. And the, the other side to me is, in the current state, if a guy wants to play pro, they don't need to go play college soccer. You know, the idea of the split season for the men is to, you know, help them prepare to be pros. Well, those guys are all leaving as freshmen, sophomores. Very few of them are getting degrees from the place they play college soccer at. And look at Trinity Rodman. She wanted to be a pro, so she's off and running. So now it's available in the women's side as well. You know, to me, this is college soccer within the constraints of non-revenue sport, fiscal responsibility, and that involves let's try and get an extended season, let the kids be college kids in the spring, and and be what we are. Yeah, and that's my point. That's my total point. If we can spread out the fall and make, I, I agree, one day a week games is awesome. 
I don't know. I would not have any argument for me with that. But if you could spread out the, the fall and have less two game weeks, I know you can't be perfect, but less two game weeks. And then the spring can be less stressful is the way I'm going to say it, Chris, on the players. That to me is the best case scenario because I don't think you should go stress to stress. My personal opinion. Well, when you say stress on the players, you're talking about the kids who play or the kids who don't play. I'm just talking about as a team, you're trying, yeah, the mental stress, not the physical stress, the mental stress of every game's important. Every game matters. We got to win every game. Oh dear God. Oh dear God. And and that, that stress is too high to go all year long because that's really what you're doing. The break in November, December, or December, January is a joke. Okay, Matt, but I got to tell you, Brian's argument made a lot more sense than yours. Of course he does. It's Brian's grace ever. No, because you just yell shit. I'm sorry. About, I just lived know. through it, Chris, in the spring and then back in the fall, and it was awful. Now, I will say we did jam a whole season into the fall. If that would have been 10 games in the fall and then or 12 games in the fall and 12 games in the springs, maybe it's different. But to go – yeah, it definitely is different. It definitely is different. Well, I can tell you. Again, I mean, I'm I can... not 100% saying that, that, that we should do it. Well, you I'm know what? I'm 100% saying we concept. shouldn't do it. I'm 100% saying we shouldn't do it. I know you are, Matt. You've made that well, very clear. Let me ask you this for both of you. Should Weston McKinney and Trinity Rodman have gone to college to play soccer? No. 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 Yeah. So – if the impetus of it is about player development, a year-round player development, to me, they're the best two answers. I feel like those two are doing okay. I think they're okay. I don't <laughs> they're think doing all right with their career path. I, think. I don't think they needed a game at Fairleigh Dickinson to improve their uh, <laughs> to improve their development. Trinity, you know, playing those, uh, you know, however college is set up or whatever, playing with college kids. I, I don't think it's the same for Trinity Rodman. I don't think she's the same player. And uh, is Ronaldo running around? Let's say Weston McKinney had gone to Notre Dame or Duke to play men's soccer. Is he going to get some time at practice with Ronaldo? I don't think so. I don't think so. Be hard. So. Although if he went to Duke, then he would have taunted the goalkeeper after the goal. <laughs> See that thing? So the guy taunted the goalkeeper and then just got smashed. By Crushed him. Yeah. One of the teammates of the goalkeeper. Yeah, we're going to yeah. talk uh, like season MVPs, things like that. I should find out the guy's name who tackled him. <laughs> that actually be my college soccer MVP for the year. Love right, part of it keep... was that kid got red carded and the kid who taunted the goalkeeper didn't. I know. Yeah. yeah. We got to keep rolling or this is going to be three hours long. God. Come on. Jeez. Where are we at? Any other things from United Soccer Coaches, Brian? No, absolutely nothing. How about these uh, big jobs that are open, huh? UCLA, USC, those are, those are pretty big deals, huh? It's hard to argue they're not some, two of the top jobs in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you picking, Matt? If you're the AD at those places, who are you putting in? I have my choice of yeah. anybody in the country. Yeah. All right. Well, UCLA, I'd put Chris Petroselli, and USC, I'd put Brian Lee. <laughs> A little biased. <laughs> I'm serious. Why wouldn't I? Well, you guys both can handle that. You guys are both West Coast guys. <laughs> How are we West Coast guys? You like Manhattan Beach, Brian. Don't say you don't. Oh, I love Manhattan Beach. One of my favorite places to visit. 
A hundred percent. How good um, USC? Let's let's look at USC. Wouldn't wouldn't Tim Ward from Pepperdine be perfect at USC? He would, but I think he's got a pretty good gig that he likes. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure yeah, but that, does. but Chris is right. That's the next step up. Yeah. Right. For them, yeah. the, and he stays in the same area, and yeah. the the can't the the field's not as nice. I, you know, though, did Don't you know. hear they're building a brand new stadium at USC? Yeah, yeah. Some like yeah. big million dollar deal. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one, oh. Chris. I think that'd be a good choice. Yeah, yeah. That that would be a good choice. My counter argument would be, he's currently in a conference that has fifty percent of the latest Final Four teams in it. Yeah, but one of those teams is leaving. True, true. The other, the other side of the coin is at, at Southern Cal. So what would Tim's reasons be to go there? Win a national championship. Okay, so he does have a chance for that. Why not, you know, Kadani won one and Ali won one, right? Right, yeah. Here are the last 16 Pac-12 champions. Are you ready? Yeah, Stanford, UCLA. Yeah. 16 years. <laughs> UCLA, 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 Stanford, 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 UCLA, UCLA, Stanford, 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 UCLA. Yeah. So. Well, maybe who's who that before that? Who was the seventeenth year, Brian? Who's, who's the, the 17th year was like uh, Arizona was co-champs in 2004 with somebody. It was still UCLA or Stanford, but they were co-champs. 2000. Well, maybe you should go to UCLA then. Well, my point being is this. UCLA is clearly a top five job. Yeah. 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 Southern Cal is a marginally better job than Pepperdine. It's a better job. Because yeah. on the right year, you could win the national championship. It's happened with the last two coaches. Yeah. And you'd probably be a failure if you didn't. Yep. The last two guys did it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but how big a step up is that? For someone like Tim Ward from Pepperdine, or how big, you know, how much more of a chance does he have to win national championship? Women's tennis, I think Pepperdine lost the final to Texas last year. It's not the worst place to be. No, no, it's a good place. No, no but it's Chris is right. It's a step up for him. Yeah, it's into the Power Five, into the and now what does the WCC look like without BYU? Yeah, now it's Pepperdine and Santa Clara. Yeah. Maybe Gonzaga gets in there. Maybe we'll see. But, but right, Brian, anyway, what who about you like at USC? Yeah, no, Brian, who do you like at USC? Kia McNeil. Not that that's not a stock answer for a lot of jobs. Oh, God. Southern Cal is a great school. She's one at Brown, um, which has the same sort of, you know, obviously more extreme academic. Um, that's a good choice. It's a good choice. But, it's a good choice. But my, my argument is this. She's allegedly we don't know this for sure but she's allegedly interviewed at a lot of schools right yeah uh, and she's turned them all down because she wants to live in boston and loves boston it. everything we've heard usc is not moving to boston exactly and boston isn't moving to U usc like there's a big difference between boston massachusetts and los angeles california so but clearly she would, she would be good she would be good. she she could go to any job yeah she's she's one of the top choices at any job in the country yeah no question. And but, it, it, it would be deserved and earned 
My question with the, my other question with Southern Cal, other than is, you know, you take either of those two jobs because you're going to take a cost of living cut if you're experienced and already sitting in a good job. You're probably taking a cost of living cut. So you got to deal with that. And then you have to deal with what's the reality. We haven't won the, the league in 20 years. They don't have a conference tournament. So we're trying to make the final four, win the national championship before we feel good about a season. Um, and then what's the commitment of the department, given that we're talking about a private school that sure has a huge endowment, but the money they just paid the football coach doesn't mean that's more money for soccer. It probably means the soccer budget's tighter. Yeah, but again, they just said they're putting together a brand new stadium, so they're making some commitment, Brian, to some level. They did. That's true. Yeah. Oh, a, ma a massive one. All right, let's go on to UCLA. You could bang on for this forever, Brian, with your private mm. schools and public schools, blah, 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 blah. All right. UCLA, who you got, Chris? That's a tough one for me. I don't really have anyone. I, I, I um, Look, they can get anybody in the country, um, but they've shown over the years that they're not necessarily willing to pay for anybody in the country. Um, and why do you say they can get anybody in the country? Because everybody would want the job or they could pay? Or why do you say, why do you say that? They could pay. Um, well, every school could pay. Yeah. It's a, it's a great school. It's um, a beautiful campus. It's in the heart of an area that has the most talented and highest number of quality soccer players in the country. Um, who can go there relatively cheaply, relatively cheaply. And uh, it's a place where everybody wants to go. Uh, it's a place where everybody wants to go. So um, I, I think it's, it's, you know, it's as good of a job as, as any, maybe the best job in the country. I, I don't know. But, um, but so, so it's a tough one for me to say, well, who for that job? Because for me, I think that it screams of a big name you know, and someone who's done really well and someone who's won championships and, you know, done those kind of things. I think it screams of that, but I don't think that's what, you know, their history has shown that that's ne not necessarily what, what they're going to hire. They're going to look just below that rung a little bit, right? Just below that rung a little bit to find someone who's been successful, um, you know, not, not maybe necessarily on the highest, highest level, but, but has been successful and can recruit California. That That's the other piece of it. You know, you, you got to find someone who can recruit California. Brian, who's your thought? But well, I didn't hear a name from Chris. I didn't have one. Didn't have one. I mean, everything wow. he said doesn't sound like Chris Petroselli. No. What you just said sounds like Chris <laughs> Petroselli to me. That's would be my choice. I, okay. I, I think you don't need. I mean, that, anyone want to argue that's number one recruiting job in the country? Easy yeah, place to get the best players. It is. There's not even a close second. I don't think. Stanford. Maybe it's a close second. I stand corrected. Nice work, Matt. But Thank those you. two are way above everybody else. Yes. Way above. No, I mean, you look at North Carolina has been obviously unbelievable, but as soon as Anson leaves or retires, there's a chance North Carolina comes back to the pack a little bit, right? You guys agree no, with that? Just no the matter the who they coach. Yeah. 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 No yeah. matter who they coach, no matter who they hire. Where Go ahead, you Brian. Who, who's your pick? All right. So I have two. Number one, if I'm the AD there, I'm trying to hire Jen Klein. Mm -hmm. Extremely well at a big school, experience on the West Coast at Southern Cal. Um, took Michigan to the Elite Eight, won the Big Ten. 
Um, if I can't get Jen Klein, the most interesting hire to me, and this would be Brian Lee's personal, I just like this, see what happens, is Colby Hill. Oh. In that recruiting spot where he could play that system with that level of athletes, I'd just be fascinated to see what happens. I don't know if it would work or not. But I'd like I to. I don't think. I, I mean, I, look. I think Colby's done a great job. I think he's in the perfect spot for him. Um, I, I just, you know, the California kids that I've come across are pretty snobby about the way they play soccer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I, I don't know that you know his methods are uh, are going to match up with the way that they want to play in in Southern California. I think he's he's in a perfect spot to do exactly what he wants. And do it well. Well, what I think would be interesting is if they hire Kobe Hale, it's possibly a win for UCLA, but it's also a win for Southern Cal because then they're getting all those kids. Yeah, and Stanford. <laughs> and, yeah, but Kobe's yeah. getting enough of his type. They might become the top two teams in the country if, yeah. you know, markets yep. are correct tonight. Yeah. Um, Jesus, Brian. Is that wrong? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, what I, they're, you know, no one's beating them until that happens. Uh, <laughs> There's, I mean, he could go on to a different job. He could retire. He could do a lot of other things than get in a car wreck, for God's he sake. He could. What is this conversation? Because to me, the overview of these two, that is, those two hires are the biggest thing that's going to happen in our sport for the next five to 10 years. Get it right. You got teams that could be in the Final Four constantly. Get it wrong. Good luck for the rest of us. That'd be great. And, and get it wrong, and in five years you're doing it again. Yeah, yeah. And and they both have. Have, have they ever have they ever have they ever fired anybody at UCLA? No, I mean they started with with uh, Joy Fawcett. Fawcett, yeah. Who uh, who sort of stepped down, then then Jill, right? Then uh, BJ, uh, and then Amanda. I think those that's the group. Hmm. Or PJ's well, so much second guessing his, his decision. Yeah. All right, so let's keep moving. There. We're going to be here forever. Let's keep moving. All right, moving. one more short-term thing, though. Oh, yeah. The coaches aren't coming into the cupboards full. Yeah, think about who just left both of those schools. They're leaving behind really good players, but is Hawking gone from Southern Cal? Yeah. Yes. DeMello was the top five, you know, yes. five. Pick. Yeah. What's her name? Me official left? Yes. Yep. Um. That's a lot of top end talent that I don't know what they signed or what might be headed out as well. That's a lot. You go mm -hmm. look at UCLA roster, UCLA's roster. You tell me if you think that there's <laughs> not talent there. I mean, it is stacked. <laughs> I mean, okay, they lost Fischl. I mean, I guess they'll have to live with uh, Raylan Turner. I mean, they, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> oh, we just signed a big uh, NIL thing with Nike. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. yeah. Good for Big, her. Uh, like the first. Tom Brady, right? Was she one of the Tom Brady ones too? Or I'm something? not sure that she, I'm not, I don't know if she was, but it was like the first, uh, first NIL deal that Nike did. Um, and, and good for her. Good, a good kid and a good player. All right, Matt. Um, NWSL draft. How about that production? You guys. No speaking. comment. No comment. <laughs> I, I watched on Twitter. I'm gonna be honest. Oh, okay. You didn't see it. It was a oh. disaster. It oh. was a disaster. I mean, talking over each other. They're talking in the what are supposed to be commercials, 
but their yeah. commercials aren't coming on and they're in the background talking at one point Lori Lindsay runs through maybe she went off to pee or something she ran through the middle of the whole thing like oh I'm back like the whole thing was was just just not done very well not professional agree yeah, I think the I didn't see much of it I, I turned it on in the middle of the second but I was getting text about the production and, and I think that the um there has there's no way that this is produced at that level of on on uh, paramount it was right which one was it on paramount cbs cbs that there's no way that some executive of cbs is not watching that going what are we doing yeah and why is this prepared that had to have a rough call i'm assuming those guys are produced it's nothing to do with Lori or or um poppy or those guys it's to do with the you know, yeah. and they're they're messing when they're trying to go and get the film of the kids celebrating and they they put it on them and then it never gets to it. And they're still <laughs> talking. And my biggest thing, my biggest issue with the whole thing is the pick is in and they talk three more minutes before they got yeah. to the pick. If, if, have they never watched the NFL draft? When they it do says that the, in pick, the NFL draft, some though. not as much. though, Chris, it's like 10 seconds, 20 seconds. Yeah. It's yeah. not three minutes where it says the pick yeah. is in and we're all sitting there waiting for them to finish talking about the last person. Anyway, yeah, it, it's two years in a row now where I've been like, oh, yeah, just tell us who's picked. Anyway, well, um, congratulations to to uh, your player, Matt Haley Stackpole. Yeah, Haley Stackpole. Yep, drafted. happy for her. Yep, headed to North Carolina. Played for Sean as a as a club player, so I think uh, there's some good continuity there, and and hopefully she does great. Any uh, in your mind, either one of you guys, either, any winners, losers, surprises of the draft? Well, I mean, a couple of things. Number one, like the production piece. So we've got a league that's trying to succeed. You know, the players are doing great. The market, you know, the their individual marketing is awesome. And it's almost like the league keeps getting in the way. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's like everything is poised for this to blow up and it's going to become a full fledged league. And everybody actually involved with the league is doing everything they can to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, well, they have real owners. Now they have people that are really investing legitimate money and all this kind of stuff. And at some point they're the ones that have to step in and say, okay, enough's enough. We need a different level of professionalism, something when it comes to that stuff. Cause you're right. The crowds are coming. People are watching. It's a, it's a, you know, Louisville and all these new, new ones are, I mean, you can't tell me Angel FC is not going to kill it. San Diego. I mean, there's some really great opportunity here to, to really make this into something and you hope they figure it out. Yeah. My, I mean, my big takeaways on it is we forget that they had a draft where a lot of this senior class was already taken. Right. The ones who didn't get picked became discovery players. So everybody familiar with the, the players in the league knows that that's like a 10 or 12 player draft where they made 50 picks. And I think they should make 50 picks because it's an awesome marketing tool. And for the colleges, an unbelievable marketing tool to shout our kid was picked 26. Well, the 26, and I don't know who that was, 26, 28, 32nd pick, at best they are 50, 50 to make rosters. Yeah, that was a- Because of the spring draft and because of the discovery players, you know, there were there were 35 kids picked who, if every actual senior this year was eligible for the draft, they wouldn't have been picked. It would, you know, 10 or 15 of them would have. So marketing-wise, awesome for the schools. But in terms of actual contributions to the league, you know, my big takeaway is let's keep it real. 
maybe 10 to 12. Yeah, the- that was actually one of the questions I was going to have for you guys, like over or under on how many of these 50 players actually make the team. I, I, I was going to throw out 20. Yeah, I, I would say 12. Yeah, I would go under too. I would, say, I, I would because remember all those kids that were made that were drafted last year, not all of them, but a number of them haven't even been there yet. So yeah. you got all those guys that you're fighting with too that are good players. Sure. Um, when you say winners and losers, Chris, I I couldn't tell you. I mean, I think Louisville probably won by getting Jalen Howell just by that one. Them dropping the, her dropping to two, maybe the winner. Uh, but losers, I, I I couldn't tell you. Well, for me, I had. Uh as one of the winners, Orlando getting, getting official at five uh, along with Cosme. And don't forget they've, you know, they've got, uh, uh, and they've got Doyle as well from Santa mm-hmm. Clara. So I thought they had a pretty good draft. Um, but yeah, as far as losers, the only one I said, well, maybe, you know, Houston only had the one pick. It took Ryan Garris, who's a good player for sure. But again, I, I'm not sure that, that, you know, she's going to end up making the team or not. We'll see, you know, so yeah. That's the, and that was like 44 or something, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was a late, late pick they had. Yeah. Interesting. And surprises. I had two. Hal not going first. I, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, maybe you don't take her because you're looking for a center back to, to plug into your team. But Jalen Howell to me has shown that she is a winner. And wherever she goes, she's going to win. She's going to drive her team. She's going to take her team, put them on her back, and she's going to win. Um, and then also Fischl falling to five. I mean, if you're sitting at five and you end up with the best number nine in the draft, you've done pretty well because everybody needs a nine. Yeah. Those were the ones for me. Yeah, I thought it was a three-player draft and the third player went fifth. Yeah. Um, and, and the wrong player went number one. I mean, to me, that's, you know, you're passing on that year's Michael Jordan. It's Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan. To, to some extent, when you look back, quite possibly. Yeah. Got a, with a huge future with our national team. It, uh, and I also think that it's interesting, the San Diego team picked first and they picked this West Coast kid, right? Yeah. And it's, you look all the way along that draft, you can see a lot of regionalization there based was. on the picks. I mean, the Kansas City even said it. One yeah. of the kids they picked was because she's from Kansas City. Right. So I don't really get that, but that's really how it went. As almost every time I'm an OL rain or, or, you know, one of those guys came up that picked the West coast kid, you know? So anyways, people in the stands, parents, <laughs> the five people, <laughs> I don't know. Seems a bit much. That's five people and they get free tickets anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, the online argument, there's an online argument about not having a draft for the NWSL, let the kids pick where they're going. And That's not crazy given right now it's a marketing tool and the league would be better off without the charade of this kid's, this player's moving to this city because they asked to go. I mean, how do we see that? Um, So the, the player allocation piece, this works for the NBA and major league baseball and you know, those sports. I'm not sure it works for us. I liked when they used to have those combines, let them go play, then pick them. You know, have have the matchups, have Jalen Howell playing against whoever. And not, now you really have an idea. You need a little bit of comparison. But anyway, let's keep it moving, Chris. We got to do some awards. Hold All on. Right. I got one oh. more winner and oh. loser for you, Matt. You'll okay. react to it. I like it. Loser, the Pac-12. They had the most picks, 11. Yeah. They had pick one, four, five, and seven. 
and they already don't have a final four team. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That's a lot of good players going. Yeah. And, you know, right now the WCC ran the West and then uh, I just want to get y'all's opinion on the Nacello controversy. Where do you guys stand? You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it, Brian. Um, you know, I've seen some of the stuff on it. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't seen, you know, exactly what she said or, or, you know, what she did and that kind of thing. I do. Here's what I know. We played against the kid, right. Every year, twice a year. She's a, a tough kid. She's a great competitor. And at the end of every game, she's the first, she's the first kid to shake your hand, look you in the eye and say, Hey, you did a great job. Um, so I've got no problems with the kid. I, I, I think she's a good player and, and she seems to me to be a, a, a good kid, but I, I do know that there are some people who have some issues with her. Chris, hold on. She told you after every game, you did a great job. She really thought you did a great job. How many <laughs> balls did you kick? I didn't say she told me. I didn't <laughs> oh, say she you. told me. So I'm assuming she won some of those games. So she's I, telling like, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Brian, yeah. I, I saw that what was going on. I don't really have a comment. I think it's amazing to me how the social media can blow up for these kids when they have opinions and God forbid, it's not the opinions of other people's opinions. So they want to go public with it. I think it's ridiculous. I feel bad for, her, but I really don't have enough. I did. I didn't run with Chris. I didn't delve into it. If you did, we'd love to hear your opinion. And we know college soccer nation again, appreciates all the work you do in preparing for each and every episode of the 53 we've had. I appreciate that, Matt. Hey, here's yeah. what I think. Where are the adults in the room? Like when I was watching the draft, she was the one where I was like, where's Nacello? She's got twice as many dribbles as any kid playing NCAA. Yeah. She dribbles like 10 kids a game and the next most yeah. is five. That's something. And I'm watching the draft. Yeah, she dropped, she dropped way farther than yeah. I expected. She yeah. dropped, you know, six, seven, eight spots. And then when you hear about it afterwards, well, that explains it. Uh, you got some kids on your team who you don't follow their social media enough to tell them to delete this or why you're posting this or What's this? You're having meetings all the time in modern college coaching about, hey, here's a picture of something you posted. It's okay, whatever. It's your choice, free world. You know, this is America. You can do what you want. But here are the potential repercussions. If you do say something like this, we should just tell you it's our responsibility that this could jump up and bite you. And then Portland didn't know. They didn't look at her social media before. Hard for me to believe. They drafted her. That seems shocking. Yeah, especially it's, a club like that. You guys that power to check their social media? I don't. Anybody? I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that that we go on every kid's social media and look at it and all that kind of stuff. But I do. I would tell you that we've seen some stuff along the way. Yeah. Which it's very mysterious, Chris. Very mysterious. <laughs> but I mean, my point being, that's all like part of our job, whether it's right, sure, whether it's our current team in this day and age. You don't, I, we would never tell a kid to delete something off social media, or whatever. If they, it's your forum, if you want to put it, but they should know the repercussions potential from outside world that if you post that or retweet that or say that, hey, down the line, this could affect you this way. It's no well, different. Maybe she did. Maybe she knew. Maybe. Yeah, she maybe she didn't care. Her opinions. Yeah, exactly. Let her That's be her person. 
I don't know. Yeah. Coach Leach giving us social media training here tonight. I know. Here we go. All right, right let's go. Yeah. Right, here we go. Thank you. Uh, season recap. We got to get to the season recap. This is why yeah. we had the show. Wasn't it the reason yeah. why we had the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna we're all gonna talk a little bit about a team of the year, a player of the year, freshman of the year, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The one thing we're gonna do. Look, Florida State would win all of these things, okay? Right. They're the team of yes. the year. They got the coach of the year. They got player of the year. They got all of this, all right? So we're going to eliminate Florida State out of respect for Florida State yeah. because we, we know they're number one. We're going to take them out of the mix. And so now we're looking for the honorable mention. <laughs> in is, it like, is it like when we picked our top five golfers and we couldn't take Tiger Woods? Exactly. Very exactly. similar to that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So let's start with team of the year. All right. I'm going to go. I will go first. Team of the year. Yeah. My team of the year is who is Rutgers? Right. I said yes. that early on in our, our thing. I didn't know who they were. I wondered. And they, uh, they showed up and became uh, just a great, and it really all year long, they had a great record, um, made it to the final, had a great game in the semifinal, super well coached um, and some good players and good run through the tournament. So my team of the year is the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Okay, good choice, Matt. Brian, thank you. You know, I don't want to make this Final Four centric, but BYU, um, yeah, the run to the final, really a mid-major coming out of WCC. We call it the Power Seven. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, but unbelievable turnaround. And don't forget, they didn't start that strongly. They lost a year. Right. And to turn it around like that all the way to the final, super impressive. Kudos to BYU. Yep. Okay, I'm going to go. We're going to, we're going to, we are going to stay with the final four here. And I'm going to go with Santa Clara, uh, getting back into the final four um, after they really struggled early in the year. Um, and, and I think we mentioned uh, maybe in the last show, maybe Jerry's best coaching job of, of, taking a team and, and really molding the team and getting them to, to really peak at the right time. And uh, I, I thought they had uh, a great run there at the end. So I'll go with Santa Clara. Okay. Well, so going on, what's next? Player of the year. You want to go first, Brian? Uh, you can go, Matt. Well, I, again, I, you know, I went and looked at Chris, I went and looked at, um, the All-American list, right, to give me some ideas of what I wanted. And the first player listed there is Ashley Orcus, the goalkeeper from Ole Miss. So I would be, I would be um, perplexed. Perplexed? What's the word? Remiss. I'd remiss. be remiss, thank you, if I didn't mention But you're always perplexed. Yeah. I, I am perplexed. I am always perplexed. But um, she, she is, is certainly up there. But I, I think um, I, I struggle with who comes next. And I think Ashley Orcus, that's a great choice. All right. I'll stay with it. All right. Brian? It fits the theme. Yeah. It's a few (laughs) repetitive themes in this. It's Matt's self shout outs and he's involved with. Yeah. Uh, Todd Yeldon's the world's greatest coach. Yeah. No, I I had Jalen Howell as my second one, but then Chris said we couldn't vote for any Florida State, any Florida State people. So then I goes out. Well, I'm going to go off. I'm I'm not voting for their marquee player. I am picking an FSU kid, but Emily Madrill instead of Jordan. Yeah. That's open game. If you take yeah. Powell for FSU. Yeah. Uh, incredibly well-developed player. Really the core, their steadiest player through the whole year, start to finish. 
you know, I, I would argue even if Howell's in the mix, that's a really good argument for who's She's the most important player on Florida State for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I picked Michaela Colahan from yeah. uh, BYU. Uh, what a just a great year that she had, and what a great sort of fight it was between her and Howell in that in that final game. Um, I, I was I was quite impressed with her. All right, freshman of the year. This seems like an easier one, Michelle Cooper Duke. Yeah, good thing you got to go first. Now we got to come up with others. Don't we? <laughs> I, I think this is the one category we shouldn't come up with others. Yeah. Is yeah. such a landslide. It's not even close. It's Cooper. No, I, I yeah. had two others that aren't even in the same world with her. So yeah, maybe Tiernan from from Russia. Yeah, that's the other one I had. Yeah. Yeah. Michael yeah. Cooper for sure. Okay. Um, surprise team of the year. Who surprised you? I well, mean, obviously, the heart we hardly know yet. Rutgers, yeah, you know, big picture, the the runaway one. But I still go with I banged on them up out of all year. Houston, yeah, went out of nowhere in a really good league, got themselves in the top four. Clearly, right. Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, you know, I, I I think it's the surprise to me is kind of stupid to say, but it, it really is. I listened to a podcast back, and I was going to mention this when we talked about the episodes, but. We won in the middle of the season, and Brian had Santa Clara not making the NCAA tournament. So at that point, and there was a point where that I think we yeah. all agreed on what they were doing, what was happening. They were lost to San Francisco and and whatever it was, um, tied this team, and they were struggling. And uh, and then to come back and make it all the way to the Final Four at home with that kind of pressure, it was pretty surprising, honestly. And then that team to get BYU to penalties was even even another big surprise. So I'm I'm going to go with Santa Clara as my surprise team. Okay. Um, they were not as good as the year before and still got yeah. there. It's really impressive. All right. I'm going to look at this a different way. Um, as I looked at the final RPI numbers, here are some shockers. I got three of them here. These are surprises. UCLA at 18. That's a surprise. I mean, I think, would think that UCLA yeah. would be in the top five. I would be anxious to see what, when was last time they were that low? Stanford at 37. Even bigger surprise. Mm -hmm. I got one more. Texas A&M at 81. Yeah, under 500. Yeah. I mean, there's six schools from the state of Texas higher than Texas A&M. I mean, that's, self a, shout out. that's a shocker. Self-shout right? I mean, out, Ryan. Self-shout out. That's a shout out, out to Brian. Out. <laughs> no, for you. You self-shouting out yourself. You're one of those teams. That's the Matt Hall of Fame self-shout out. <laughs> <laughs> that is so shocking. I, I actually looked at that today too. I couldn't believe they were that low. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Took 26 years. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, look, I mean, guess, they yeah. had a great run and they'll be back. I'm sure. Yeah. No they'll doubt. Well, uh, and, and if you think about UCLA, that's with one loss, right? In the NCAA yeah. tournament. Finish yeah. eight. <laughs> that tells you about their strength of schedule. Whoa. Yeah. Weird. All right. What's next for the year? You know, it's hard for me to – I mean, it's kind of tricky, right? I picked Rutgers as my team of the year. Hard for me not to pick Mike O'Neill, but I'm going with Jen Rockwell. I think she is all class. Um, you know, the way she handles herself on the sideline, doesn't get too excited or too down, or um, the way they prepared their team. I didn't think they'd have any chance, like I said the last weekend, in the final, and they got it to penalties, and um, what a great run they've had. And so, to me, she did the best coaching job all year. So, mine is BYU's coach Jen Rockwell. Brian? 
Uh, I'm going to go Jen Klein, Michigan. You know, I think if they don't draw FSU in the Elite Eight, right? That was their Elite Eight? Yeah. Yeah. If they play Rutgers, BYU, or Santa Clara, maybe they're in the Final Four and we're have a little different conversation to the yeah. whole level with Michigan. So, yeah, she's it for me. Great job. She's another one of those that got, you know, set up by Matt in the NCAA tournament and he put them against Florida State. You know, it was like, hey, Matt, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take hey, care uh, Chris, of you. She's on the damn committee. Thing, you know, she's on the committee. Okay. She's on the committee. So yeah, she, but set she doesn't get to, do, to talk about her own team, you know. <laughs> so I'm sure you were telling her you were going to take care of her. And next thing you know, she's playing Florida State, you know. So that's how it goes. And I, I get it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jersey guy. Uh, I got to go with Mike O'Neill. Um, yeah. Great job. Just a great job. Uh, and watching his team, watching his team play very well coached, extremely well coached. Had a great game plan against Florida State. Uh, they, 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 they were impressive, you know, all year long. Yep. Good for him. Okay. Here's, here's an interesting one. First year with the program, coach of the year for uh, coaches who are in their first year with the program. Who you got, Matt? I'm going to go Michigan State, Jeff Hostler. That, that program has struggled for years and years and years, came in as the first year and got them 10-5-3, made their tournament. Um, what a great, great job he did. So uh, Michigan State, Jeff Hostler for me. Brian. Uh, Manny out of Utah State. I'm pretty sure it's his first time as head coach. They beat BYU. And don't forget BYU and Santa Clara. Maybe we're on the outside looking in of the NCAA yeah. tournament early yeah. in the year. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then rolled out like a 12 or 13 win season for a team that's been 500 or below the last couple of years. Great season. I'm going to go with Stuart Gore, North, Northwestern State. Oh, um, good one. Won the uh, Southland, um, you know, played in the NCAA tournament. Um, they, they had a great year. And, you know, we played them early. I thought they, I thought they were pretty good, and, and he did a pretty good job with them. Yeah, we played them too. I thought they were super well coached. Yeah. Organized, hard to beat. All right, how about this one? Best college soccer nation episode of the season. It's a tricky one. I, you know, I've been I've been on some road trips here lately. And if I listen back to some of the episodes, call me whatever, but I do find it interesting to look at what we were saying back then and really what played out. It's pretty interesting. I gotta tell you, my favorite episode, honestly, at this point was uh, John Walker. That interview was really, really good. What, what Brian? Don't you don't like that choice? Uh, I, I thought he was fan. Oh, is that what he had? I thought yeah. that was the best best episode for me. I thought our our Power Five was funny in that episode, and I thought all around that was a really good one. That was one of the first ones where we did the whole, um, you know, this or that or shut up or whatever it was. <laughs> um, but John Walker's interview was to me. One of the most, if you're a coach, one of the most helpful ones, I'd like to go spend a couple of days with him because yeah. um, I think he's just a, that I've always thought he's been a really good coach and that, uh, that uh, interview did it for me. Yeah. Okay. We don't prep for this. And I, I thought there was so little chance. One of you would pick John Walker. That <laughs> for the second one. So that was, that was my favorite episode as well. I thought he was fantastic. Uh -huh. I thought he was so uh, transparent about what he's yep. done, what he's done. I thought he was honest, straightforward. I, I, I learned a ton listening to him. Uh, so for me, same thing. 
You want to go with me, Brian, out to see him? I, I want to go spend a couple of days with him. I love that's one of my favorite things to do is go check out. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. have a chat with him for a Enjoy day. Lincoln, and, Nebraska, guys. Um, Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> Maybe we can get him to meet us somewhere good. Meet us in <laughs> Omaha. Omaha is a nice city. We meet there. <laughs> Omaha sucks. <laughs> I have to go with Bill Bessick. Uh, I just yeah. think, you know, his his uh, stories were were great, entertaining, but informative. Um, I think he's the best at what he does in the world. Um, and, and honestly, it was an honor to have him to have him on, on with us. So, um, for me, and, and again, I, you know, one of the reasons why we're doing this is just to remind people that maybe they missed some of these episodes. There are good episodes back there along the way yeah. that, you know, people, people go and listen to, I highly recommend listening to the episode with Bill. Yeah. Any others you guys have? You didn't have another one, Brian, that you have? I liked a lot of them, but really, <laughs> I had a couple others. Fergie, I thought Karen yeah. Ferguson was good. Um, Jay Yelton. That's the other one I was going to say. Jay Yelton. Was that was mine. I was going to say Jay yeah. Yelton. I really loved that. Was a good one. Yeah. That one. That one heated up right at the end. We should have kind of kept going with him. Yeah. Chris, his was really good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. All Where right. Next. What kind of plans we have for uh, for the holidays, no, no, no. guys? No, you're missing one. What I miss? What I miss? Best stories of the season. Oh, best story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. The best story sorry. of the season. Sorry about that, Matt. That's all right. We got, got, got one. I got one. I got a couple. Yeah. How about the uh, craziness of the Big 12 this season? Everybody beating everybody. Um, nobody, you know, only two teams making the tournament because everybody beat everybody. You look at early on, Kansas State and Oklahoma looked like they were near the bottom and they, they beat some teams that some really good teams that hurt them in the tournament. Uh, big uh, TCU kind of running the, running it back to back. I just think that whole league was really interesting all year, all year long and really beat up each other. Okay, good. I, I got uh, the rise of the WCC and the demise of the PAC 12. Wow. That's deep. Talk about WCC dominance of the West Coast. Two Final Four teams. Can't beat that. BYU took the next step. Santa Clara's been there. Gonzaga looked pretty good on their day. Pepperdine's was top 20 all year. And now the Pac-12 just lost Amanda Cromwell and Kadani, and they haven't even hired coaches yet as we go into the dead period. So, And that's coming off. How many new Pac-12 coaches do we have? Yeah, Oklahoma State, Arizona. I mean, it's hard coming into those jobs. And, Utah. You know, going. Yeah, yeah, it's been a ton of turnover. Oregon? Uh, no, Oregon's not Oregon was new this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Two years. He's had two years, didn't he? Yeah. So, two seasons. Know, yeah. that's super interesting to me where it goes from there. Well, for me, I took this a little bit differently, but we mentioned it earlier. But the best story of the season was Matt saying, who is Rutgers? And then being proven <laughs> wrong when they showed them who they were. Not wrong. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I disagree yeah. with that. Like, no, I've no, never no. heard of this team. What is this team? I did not about? say go back to the tape. I just said every and, year they seem like they're good, but we don't know what happens and it, it always kind of fizzles out. And next wow. thing you know, in a hotel out in San Jose, Mike O'Neill is confronting you with who is Rutgers. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> that is not true. Not true. Not true. He didn't say a word to you about it. No, no. Nope. Nope. Not in a hotel. Anyway, um, I think I got another one. How about the emergence of the Big East? Eh, 
no, no, no. What emergence? <laughs> that relates to my other one. Yeah. Okay. Talk about all this in one, you know. How about this? The Ivy saying gotcha again to the RPI and the committee, but this time we let our little sister, the Big East, know about it. Yeah. So we all gotcha. Oh, Matt. I got Ooh, one. Matt. I got another one. How about this one? Unlike what Brian was pumping all summer, women's soccer beat COVID. Right? Because Brian's all oh, teams are going to be canceled, games will be canceled, they're going to be players, blah, 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 blah. They're going to be a Final Four, all this stuff. And we pulled off a season beating what COVID is- with very few cancellations. Well, and here's what I think about that, Matt, is thank you for the compliment because how's basketball doing right now? Yeah. Well, Are you talk- I'm not talking about basketball. Month. I'm talking about women's soccer. Well, you I know, this is a college Fauci. soccer nation, not college basketball nation. I- had had I been with Fauci, we'd have been two months ahead of this. <laughs> the winter of death, hockey. according. Is that a shout out? Is that shout the out? Fall of death. Is that shout was. out? Had I had I been with Fauci, Brian's turned right. on his level with Fauci. Your, yeah, we've your, hit a whole time. Your your self shout outs relate to uh, women's college soccer. Mine relate to saving the entire country. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <It> was impressive. <laughs> oh, all right. Any all other right. ones? Did I miss yeah. any more? Did I miss any more? That's all on my list. That's all we got, right? All right. Uh, all right. So now tell me. Tell me what yes. you're doing for, for uh, the holidays. Ryan, where are you right. going to be? Uh, where am I going to be? I'm going to Hilton Head here later in the week. Spend some time with the family. And then post-Christmas, kids, tennis, in Orlando. Same oh, nice. Best oh, the Disney tournament? It's not the Disney tournament. <laughs> somehow, somehow my kids get tennis age for this, and I'm back in Orlando between <laughs> Uh, how can that be painful how, how can that be orlando in the end of december is painful. yeah it's it the worst so ever. bad yeah oh matt although we although chris and i found a good sushi place there brian excellent we did. outside of it yeah. um, all right uh we have um we have two traditions that we really kind of kept going now well one that just started last year and it's going to become a tradition but um pizza dennis comes over to the house with his mother on christmas eve and he usually helps me sear my prime rib that we're going to eat uh, the next day. He is uh, obviously top chef and is excellent. But the other thing I've done, Chris, is you know how everybody has uh, Christmas cookies and they put a little plate together, a little tin or a nice Mm -hmm. with a bunch of variety of cookies and they pass them out to their friends and families and neighbors. I've taken it a step further like I do. And I've come up with brisket. Mm. I cook a whole brisket or maybe two whole briskets. I slice it up and I make it nice and warm. And then we go around on Christmas Eve and, and uh, deliver to all of our friends and uh, neighbors and stuff. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Very good. Ho, 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 a little brisket. But uh, then we'll just have our normal Christmas. Jen's actually headed to Florida to see her dad, Heron Will, and then we will all get together uh, for uh, the Ole Miss Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, where we'll see uh, you, Chris, and the crew. You will. We'll be, be fun. heading to, to New Orleans in a couple of days. We have a couple of, uh, you know, we have some, some things that we do when the kids were little, we used to always read the Texas night before Christmas, oh. right? Which has a little slant on it, which was pretty good for us Yankees, you know? And then uh, obviously Christmas Eve, I think I talked about this even last year, a little bit, the, the feast of the seven fishes, which is a sort of an Italian American mm-hmm. uh, thing where, you know, you, you cook all this different fish and have it on, the night before Christmas and um, 
fortunately we'll be in new Orleans. So it'll be pretty fresh, you know, the, the seafood that we get there. Um, you know what else, Matt? What's Somebody that? always gets cold. Somebody always gets cold. Really? You know, in our family. How I mean, many times you get it? I feel like you've got probably yeah, got it, I've it a few times. I, uh-huh. I don't know if I'm, you know, Nikki probably has a record. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going, Nikki has a record and you and Gabby is in last place. Yeah. I'm getting the call. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So who gets it? You don't know until Christmas? Well, Santa Claus puts it in the stocking. Well, I mean, who, who, what, hey, what are the betting odds? I'm going and <laughs> see here. I'm going to go Gabby at 2%. I'm going to go Eve at 8%. So I got 10. I'm going to go Nikki's got to be, it's got to be like 60%. Now I've got 70. I got 30 left. Uh, Andrew's right next. Andrew's next than you. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. how I'm going. I got I, I think you're a little low on Eve, to be honest with you. Oh, she's had a bad year. All right. Uh, Brian. That's all we got with you, I think, buddy. That's right. See you Have more. a great holiday. Thanks for all your time and your effort yep. College Soccer Nation. We appreciate you <laughs> and everything you do, your hard work, your stats, your commitment to this show. Makes it what it is, Brian. Makes it what it is. I get people all the time coming up to me on the street going, well, that Brian Lee, he's a funny guy. Somebody yesterday said, man, Brian Lee's funny. And then Not I go, oh, Brian street. Lee's smart. And Brian Lee this, Brian Lee that. Should be the Brian Lee show. Well, Brian had the, uh, you know, talk about highlights of the season. Brian had the line of the season when he was talking about the ladder that held uh, you and Mark going over the top. I think that was the the line of the season. (laughs) Being the the, uh, MVP was the ladder. Yeah, yeah. All right, right, Brian. Happy holidays, guys. Yeah, well, just so College Soccer Nation knows, Brian will be back with us. We have signed him up for a new contract. It took a while. His agent was good. We've signed him on for the January portion, so he'll be back for the second part of season two. So we're excited for that announcement, Brian, that you, again, are back part of College Soccer Nation. See you, fellas. See you. <laughs> See you. All right, Chris, let's wrap this thing up. This is a long one today. Yep. But we've got, we're back on the Power Five. Yep. And it is Holiday Songs. It is. All right. You, we go back and forth. You'll do five, I'll do four, whatever. Your right. number five is okay. Now I, I this one's going to take a little bit, so you got to have a little. You gonna play it? With you got yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna play something here. This oh, one was going to be my number five, okay, until this happened. Can you hear it? Nope. You can't hear it. No. The beautiful. Can you hear it now? <laughs> Just a thing of beauty for everyone to hold. Every car that drives by slows down. Uh, it's a beautiful right, the best part is coming. It's already a long episode. And aligned with a little musical tribute. Here it comes. This beautiful house. <laughs> that's gorgeous. That's, that's, I mean, it's beautiful. Okay. So, one's <laughs> going to be on my list. Until you sent me that and ruined the song for me. It's out. Silent Night is out. Silent Night is not one of mine. All right. Um, so my number five. And I, you know what, Matt? I tried to, I tried to be um, all-inclusive. Uh-huh. I, tr- I tried to be, uh, make it fun and upbeat. Okay? okay. So my number five is Feliz Navidad. Yeah. 
it's okay. I didn't do a lot for me. It's all right. It's fine. Um, uh, my number five, I, I added in the artists. My number five, this is a fantastic song. It's not as popular as most, but I would say to anybody that's listening, download it and listen to it. Let It Be Christmas by Alan Jackson. Ever heard it? No. Let it be Christmas everywhere. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, sure. Take a listen. All right. My number four. Again, yeah. keeping with the holiday, the, the, the title is Holiday Songs. Yep. God Bless the USA by Lee, Green, Lee Green, Greenwood. Plays around July 4th holiday. It's a, it's a great song. <laughs> I look so disgusted. It's a great one. Man, I'm proud to be an American. Oh, uh, no. Yep. That's my okay. number four. Who should number You know four? what I went with? Oh, Here's, I, got a, I got a little zinger for you, Matt. Yeah. I went with Adam Sandler and the Hanukkah song. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I, thought it was, I heard it the other day. I loved it. Sing along. That's yeah. a great one. Yeah. All right. You're number three. Well, number three is classic Frosty. That's a classic. That's good. Yeah, I like that. I was making it. My number three is Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen. Um, you have that on there? I do, but Matt, I'm really disappointed in you that that's not your number one, honestly. Right. Well, wait till you see what my number one is. Okay. All right. All right. You're number two. Jingle Bells. Yeah, that's pretty good. Again, got to have Jingle Bells, right? Yeah, no, I like it. Lively. I went with yeah. Mama Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah. Elmo and Pat- Patsy. Yeah. Who sings that, by the way? Yeah. All right. So you're number one. My number one is is Bruce singing Santa Claus is coming to town. I think it's it's fantastic. I love uh, when Clarence gets involved and you know he gives you the mm-hmm. ho 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 and all of that. And uh, it's a uh, it's a fun song to to sing along. And I think the E Street Band does it great. I I completely agree with that. But my number one and 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 as we close up, um, College Soccer Nation season two, uh, half half a season two. <laughs> all right sorry 2021 we're closing up 2021 episode 53 i just feel like chris it's an important part to mention the song silent night sung by any church in america on christmas eve service that is the number one holiday song they light the candles as you pass it them by is. it's beautiful it's heart-wrenching it's what this show is all about yeah so, except you ruined it <laughs> how did you i ruin it, it? I mean, every time I, I hear that song now, I'm going to have this, you know, this, first of all, hearing you sing it, okay? And I can take it out, take us out by singing picture it. Picture of the, I have to explain this to people, like, you were, you're singing as you're showing me your, the lights on your house, you're trying to be Clark Griswold, right, with all of the different lights, and what do you call them, racers, and all this kind of stuff, right, and, and in the house, your poor wife, I'm sure, is going, oh my God, what is going on here? Right. And, and, and then you have, you know, your whole staff has to come over and put all the lights up as you stand there and film it. Okay. And then you finish it off with the song. Uh, it's hard to believe we don't drink during this episode, these shows because it seems like we do. Yeah. All right, Chris. Good job. This might have been right, a long one. We apologize if you use it while you go running or exercising. Hopefully we get you through an hour or so of, uh, of nonsense. But again, thanks to Brian coming on. Thanks for DGM Productions, Darren, our producer. And all of College Soccer Nation, we do appreciate it. 17,000 downloads is exciting. Maybe we hit 20,000 by the end of the, the spring, but we'll be back in the spring as spring soccer starts to kick off and start talking about teams and games and, and what everybody's doing and maybe the fallout from the transfer portal will be over. We talk about some of those teams and how they're going to look differently. 
so on and so forth. But it's been a great year. We enjoy everybody listening. Have a great holiday season, a great new year. We look forward to 2022, Chris. Happy New Year to you as well. We'll see you soon. College Soccer Nation is out. If you have questions for Coach Petroselli or Coach Mott, you can reach them at cpetroselli at mail.smu.edu or mmott at olemiss.edu. College Soccer Nation is presented by DJM Productions and available on all your fine podcast outlets. Download it, give a review, tell a friend.